We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking Breakaway Rush Score on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners here at Rotoviz. Unfortunately, I am recording this podcast uh, solo tonight because Curtis could not make it. He is tied up uh, dealing with some things um, out at the hospital in Ohio. Uh, he will be back next week, though. And then another unfortunate thing happened was I was talking with Sean Siegel. Um, before I was going to be recording for the night, um, he asked what we were going to be recording or what we we're going to be talking about on the show, mentioned that Curtis couldn't do it. He offered to step in and, uh, he had 15 minutes in which he could talk to me. He started asking me some questions. He wanted to put me on the hot seat for this episode. Unfortunately, something went awry in that recording and I only have my side of the audio. So what I'm going to present to you now is a very mixed up version of our conversation where I'm going to outline the questions that Sean asked me. He gave some great commentary on things that I am not going to be able to include, but I will kind of summarize what his questions were and then play the responses that I provided. I am sorry. This is a less than optimal episode. I still think the information is going to be decent though. And we're just going to have to go with it. Uh, though Curtis is not here, we will still play some sound effects. All right, so I should probably start off by mentioning Breakaway Rush Score. We've talked about it a number of times on the show, but in case you are new or you haven't heard before, Breakaway Rush Score is a metric that I developed that looks at runs that a player is breaking of a certain distance. I look at various thresholds like over 15, over 20, over 30, over 40, over 50. Uh, I have found a way to blend those in the way that is the most predictive of points scored when a player enters the NFL tends to be one of the better metrics that we have for predicting success. Um, and then it's also looking at the number of attempts that a player had and kind of blending them in a way that becomes a better predictor of points per game when a player enters the NFL. So it's really looking at, did a player get a lot of opportunity when they were getting that opportunity? Were they able to generate breakaway plays, long rushing, explosive type of plays? Uh, that's really the crux of it. We've 
published the results of it and a write-up on it every year in the guide. I explain a little bit more about the metric in there and exactly how it's calculated. Uh, but that's really the background that you need. Um, and it's one of the one of the things I'm most interested in looking at every year uh, when I start to, eval- to evaluate the rookie running back class. Uh, so that's the background. And there's more information on the site as well um, related to articles in years past that will walk you through the process of calculating it a little bit more and help you to understand a little bit better. But here is the chopped up interview. So the first question that Sean asked me was how I use breakaway rush score in contextualizing a player and how large of a role it plays in my process. And this was my answer. Yeah, and and that's a great question because this is one of those metrics where if you don't have the proper context for it, you're definitely not going to be using it in the right ways. So the first thing that I always do with breakaway rush score is I compare it to what scouts are saying about a player. And one of the best examples of this is Royce Freeman. When he was coming out of school, you heard people talking about how he suffered an injury in the middle of his career and he was never the same player after it, that he lost his explosion, lost his big playability. But when you looked at breakaway rush score, you could see that actually post-injury, he was breaking off more big plays which you would think would make him more explosive. So I use it to check if the narrative on a player in the scouting reports line up with what we actually see players doing on the field. Because I think Najee Harris was a great example. Everybody last year was thinking that he was this very explosive guy, but a lot of it was because you were seeing the same five or 10 plays over and over on the highlights. So that's the first thing I do. I see if what I'm being told about a player is actually supported by evidence. Then the next piece of it is I am going to look for players that far outperform what I might have expected. And then I'm able to drill in on a player and say, wow, like this guy looks like he has some big playmaking ability. Is there more to this player? And then adding that into their overall profile Uh, Because we know that big plays can save a player, especially if they can translate those to the next level. We know that breakaway rush score is one of the more predictive things we can look at with running backs. But I don't necessarily use it to disqualify players altogether. Now, as you said, with a guy like Josh Jacobs, um, who, you know, Najee Harris and he kind of come up in a similar conversation. Jacobs did not score well at all in breakaway rush score and still had a decent career. And a lot of that you could say is because he got the draft capital needed to get in early, have the opportunity. And then I guess he's in a situation where he's competent enough that he can still manage to compile those points. So when I'm looking at a player this year, like Brian Robinson Jr., another Alabama back, another Alabama product, and I see him score negatively, I am not going to use this low breakaway rush score to completely throw him off of my list. But I am at the same time going to take a deeper look at some of these players that scored better and be more apt to digest the rest of their profile and maybe find the other positives for them. So I don't think it's a make or break type of metric, but it's a great way for identifying some players that perhaps you need to look at a little bit more. And then also what we do see is when there's really special prospects that also really crush and break away rush score, it tends to be another signal that this is a player that we need to look at 
just like somebody like Jonathan Taylor, somebody like Melvin Gordon, who entered the league with a really high score. Uh, another example would be somebody like James Conner that, um, you know, I think could have gone under some people's radars. But when you see his name popping on these lists, you have to give it a second, a second look. So next, Sean talked about how sometimes there will be players who don't have the greatest numbers in athletic testing. So maybe their 40 isn't the greatest or their agility doesn't score very highly. But yet, if you watch them on the field, sometimes you would think that these are guys that are going to be extremely athletic. He provided a couple of examples that escape me right now, but essentially what he was talking about was that sometimes breakaway rush score is a way for him to identify players that have traits that translate to success, but it's not going to show up in the athletic testing. Uh, and here's what I added onto that thought. Yeah. And, and, and to the point about finding traits that might not be able to be discerned in that general athleticism, a player that we could point to would be Devin Singletary, who I was very hard on when he was coming out of school. Part of that was at the size that he was, he didn't seem to have this trans, you know, transcending athleticism, but he did score very high in breakaway rush score. What do we see when he enter the pro, enters the pros, right? He's always at the top of the lists in evasion percentage uh, and also in, you know, missed and broken tackles. So I definitely think you're picking up some things in breakaway rush score that relate to things a player can do on the field using their athleticism that you're not going to see in pure athletic measurables. So I think that's another great use of the metric. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next, Sean asked me about Brian Robinson Jr., the back out of Alabama. That will be a topic of some discussion this year. If you are unfamiliar with Robinson, uh, in his career at Alabama, did not really get to see too much work, as you might expect, given the group of running backs that he, that he was playing with 
when he was there. 271 attempts in 2021. His actual actually his fifth year at Alabama, 1,343 yards, 14 rushing touchdowns. Sean's question was, where would I need to see him go in terms of what round in order to be interested in him or to feel decent about him um, in rookie drafts this year? Sean's take was fairly similar to mine, uh, but I got the sense that he was of the opinion that things would need to be pretty rosy for Robinson for him to get really jazzed up. Like me, he's not super high on this year's running back class. I don't think that most people are, but here was how I addressed the question about Robinson and where I would need to see him go to be more intrigued for rookie drafts this year. Yeah, that's a really solid question. I, I think when you're saying where would he need to go, do you mean in terms of like NFL draft round or do you, you don't mean landing spot? I honestly think for me, I'd if he got into the third round with the right, with a team that isn't stacked at the running back position, I think that would be good enough for me because I do think that what you're going to find now is there's some cachet from that school brand. Um, I do think that he's probably a fairly competent runner. And I think getting in with a third round valuation will give him what he needs to at least get a crack at things. And then if he is good enough, we'll see him be able to demonstrate it. That said, I don't have him in this class as one of these players that I would be super excited about. But of the players outside of the top level running backs in this draft, I I, I do like him a fair amount. So this is kind of a wishwashy answer without knowing the exact situation that he lands in. But I do think that we have seen... Uh, you, you know, a number of these players coming out of Alabama, like a similar guy like Damien Harris, right? He didn't get drafted super early, didn't even start his rookie season, didn't get much action, but has managed to kind of find a role. Now, in a team where you can expect um, backs to be used in a more predictable manner, that could be something fairly usable. Do Sean next talked about Kyron Williams, uh, a running back out of Notre Dame, who didn't score particularly highly in breakaway rush score, um, but is a back that's used a lot as a receiver, um, had around 76 receptions in his last two years at Notre Dame. And then he talked about how with a guy like Devin Singletary, who still scored well, um, but he saw certain things in their profile, how you kind of square that, that one scored well, whereas Williams didn't score that well um he phrased the question much better than i'm doing it now but essentially this is what i had to say on that matter yeah well you know the one thing i i think that uh we could add to this there is some context that you have to consider here in that part of the metric is also picking up to some extent a player's volume right now he actually you were right on with the number i think i just looked it up it was 76 receptions across the last two years so it's possible you know you shift some of that into a, a rushing workload for him and you could see those numbers come up where singletary uh you know he was used as a receiver and a back but kind of at the school he was at got so much work as a running back that that helped to lift up his score so i would say that like for somebody like williams you could maybe um you could give him a little bit of a pass in this regard due to the receiving work. Uh, but I think you're, you're right in, in that uh, perhaps it does speak to what the scouts are seeing. So to, for me, I think a player that has a profile like him, um, it's going to be very important to see where he gets valued uh, because 
I feel like a back like Brian Robinson, a team's going to want to come in. They have that clear path for him. Whereas Williams, if they're not liking what they're seeing from him as a rusher, is going to get typecast into that ability or into that role as somebody that needs to catch passes, which could be kind of like a niche role on a certain team and may not give him the same opportunity that some would feel he deserves. And then Sean also asked uh, about a player that I saw interesting results for um, while working through breakaway rush score. And that made me want to focus some more attention onto. Uh, and the player that I identified for that was Hassan Haskins. And here's what I said. Well, I, I found it pretty interesting to see what uh, Hassan Haskins came in with that uh, in with, you know, he he's around like the seventh uh, player in terms of breakaway rush score in the class, but still at a pretty high clip, not over the 80th percentile, which is a pretty good benchmark to hit, but scores pretty decently. And why I liked this was because in the limited action that I had seen from Michigan, he always looked to me like a player that was able to break plays. And I see that showing up here. Um, and in terms of the profile that you that you see for him this is another kind of feather that i can put in his cap not that he has the greatest production profile but for somebody that other people might over look for certain reasons it was pleased to see him popping um at that spot in the class and i think the other thing that i'll say in general that's kind of interesting about this class is a lot of the guys that you're going to see at the top they don't absolutely crush it, but they're not getting disqualified if you were going to disqualify them for a really low score either. Uh, so which makes it more of an intriguing class to try to tease out. I think at the in the running backs, um, it's going to be very important for everybody to try to find those one, two, maybe three guys that they really like at the top, figure out how they're going to address that and then have some of these players that they personally feel good about that they can go after in later rounds because I don't think it's going to be as clear this year uh, who some of those guys might be as in years past. So that does it. Sorry that this episode got uh, kind of compromised, if you will. Uh, Curtis not here. It was a short episode, but I'm sure if he were, he would share some words of positivity, challenge you to go out there, do something nice for someone this weekend, have the best weekend that you possibly can, stay positive, and make sure to tune in when he is back next week. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 